Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. The Voting Rights Act signed into law in 1965 by President Lyndon B. Johnson outlawed discriminatory voting practices at the state and local level. But the conservative Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act in 2013, with Chief Justice Roberts saying... The country has changed. So as people are headed to the polls, are black people being blocked from voting? Let's get down to business. The business of being black today is blacks being blocked from voting. Please welcome the director of the mayor's office, LGBTQ affairs for Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott, London Darishelli Yu. Hi, London. Good morning. Well, good evening, Tammy. How are you? Fine. The founder of Uncommon Sense Media Group and a member of Project 21, Craig DeLuce is here. Hi, Craig. Pleasure to be with you again. The Chief Political Officer for Democracy for America, Chris Scott. Hey. Thanks so much for having me, Tammy. And the host of the Officer Tatum show and podcast, Brandon Tatum, is on board. Hello, Brandon. How are you? Just fine. So let's start with why black people should care. Why should black people care if they're being blocked from voting? I know it seems like a pretty obvious uh, answer to the question, but maybe you can shed some perspective. Brandon, let's go. Well, I think that this is a myth to think that black people are being blocked from voting. I, I don't know what restriction is in place that prevents a black person from getting an identification, going to the voter uh, booth and going and putting in their vote, or they can mail in the vote. Whichever way they choose to vote, there's no legitimate obstruction of black people voting. The only obstruction that I think would exist is if people are not talking about voting, if the parents are not telling their young people to get out and vote. That's the only obstruction that I see. So you're saying black people shouldn't be concerned about being blocked from voting because it doesn't exist. They should be concerned about the law that they're being blocked because then I think that deters ah. them from going out to vote, but they shouldn't have, they shouldn't believe that there's an obstruction, go out and vote like everybody else in the country. All right. Why should black people care, London, if they're being blocked from voting? Well, you know, whites have uh, had historical pressures um, that have been bestowed upon us, uh, like uh, literacy, poverty. Those were the things that prevented us in the past from being able to vote. Those are the, the, the blocks that are put up. In, but however, they are the ones who bestowed them upon us, right? Um, things like being able to obtain an ID, those seem very, very simple, are very hard in some states. Um, there are different uh, laws and systematic things put into place as to how you can get your ID, how you can acquire a real ID. And correcting those issues, like being able to do same-day voting, being able to do mail-in ballots, are ways that we can address Blacks being unable to vote. Yeah, but why should Black people care? Well, Black people should care. Well, for one, we should care because the 14th and 15th Amendment gave us the right. Our ancestors and our progenitors have died. They've marched, they've cried, and they've died so that we have the right. And so many have been so apathetic and just not cared. And the thing is, is that if the same people vote, then we're going to get the same results. And if the same people don't vote, we're going to still get the same results. So it's time to get up and make the change and vote. All right, Chris, why should black people care about being blocked from voting? That's the question at task right now. Why should black people care? We have to care. If we're ever going to have an America that really provides equality, that means everybody with the most basic right in America has to have access to the ballot box. And, you know, Brandon said a lot of strong things, but they're simply lies. It's the fact that in 2020, when you saw a historic turnout from Black people voting, the next year you had over 19 states passed 34 restrictive voting rights law. Now, if there was no problem with Black people voting, why pass all those laws in the year after you have a historic turnout? Black people have to care because it's the first step to having the full equality that we need to keep progressing America forward. Craig, why should Black people care? I'm Black. Why should I care if they block me from voting? Or Honestly, I'm I just going to give them the debt. I'm going to share, give an addendum to what uh, Officer Tatum had to share. The fact is, the information that was just provided is, in fact, false. Uh, the reality is, in 2020, there were a lot of changes that were made to voting laws throughout the country. Many of them were not even passed by local legislators, but were simply put in place by, by election officials. What happened in 2021 was, in many cases, they either had to ratify some of those changes, and in some cases, they paired them back in order to make them uh, uh, more equal across all districts or across all counties uh, in those areas. And in some cases, they just flat out ratified them. But, but keep in mind, 
in most cases, the voting is not more restrictive than it was, say, in 2018. In fact, they had way more early voting days. It was much easier to vote uh, to vote early uh, in most states. And by the way, if I can just add one thing, what the Voting Rights Act did uh, was it it made it so that certain states, which had a history of discrimination, uh, in particular against black people at the polls, it restricted their ability to be able to change uh, their election laws. And uh, what's happened in recent times, now mind you, this was over 60 years ago. So what happened in more modern times is those states are no longer controlled by the racist Democrats who controlled those states at the time. Uh, so what they're saying is these states should now have the ability to make changes to their voting laws without having to get the approval of the federal government. And why should black people care, Craig? Well, I think we should care because the information that we are being provided is not always accurate. Unfortunately, mainstream media, academia, and you know, in, in, in many cases, ethnic media are not providing us with, uh, with accurate information. I do want to touch on this accurate information thing, because yeah. Brandon also said that we're being fed lies, and anyone can chime in here. Um, if there are people saying, hey, that's a lie on one side, and then people saying, hey, that's a lie on the other side, and both parties are giving their perspective facts, how do the people know what's real and what's not? When it well, comes to well, election me, law, me... how about this? How about you actually read the legislation? I debated, for example, the Georgia election law uh, at least a dozen times. And every single time, no one was able to go to a particular area within the legislation and tell me exactly how it was restrictive based on race. All they could come up with was, oh, well, those, those racist Republicans, uh, they put this forward. And the fact that they were racist, it was like using the legislation as evidence that they were racist. Uh, but they were racist, so therefore the legislation uh, is bad. Brandon, I intervene. Yeah, I just, I just say I want to, I want to, I want to piggyback off what Craig said and just, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, fulfill what I was saying that Chris, I guess, denied the facts of is that we see record turnout in Georgia. More black people turn out to vote in Georgia than in any point, I believe, in Georgia history. So it, the laws are in place to protect everybody and make sure that you have a right to vote and make sure that other people are not voting on your behalf. If you have to have an identification, that is a plus for Black people in the Black community, because that makes sure and assures that you have a fair election and that your vote will count and that you're the only person that can show up and vote on your behalf or your family members are actually uh, going to the voting booth and actually their, their votes are being counted. So it, it's a myth because politicians need something to talk about. They need something to argue. They need you to vote for them to change things that are not even true. There's not one Black person that's on this entire panel that can say that there's a single law that's restricting them from going out and voting today. Hold that thought, so, Chris. London wanted to uh, jump in. No, well, I just wanted to say, and you mentioned around around there being two sides, and, and oftentimes, and you know how the three branches work, is that the judicial side is left to interpret the law. And when you're talking about legislation, and right now what's going on with the cases, the proponent, proponents of that case are bringing up the U.S. constitutional election clause, right? And it's like, right now, we politicize the courts. And because the courts are politicized, when, it, when we leave it up to who's supposed to be able to interpret the legislation, it's being chose on you know, a bipartisan way, being Republican or Democrat, which is completely unfair uh, to those on both sides. Chris? So let's talk about this, Brandon. Uh, let's look at Florida, where Ron DeSantis just brought up criminal charges against 19 people, 15 of them being Black. Florida passes a law to allow people that have been disenfranchised, that are returned citizens, to vote. Yet, he doesn't want them to vote because you saw more of those people make an impact in an election in 2018. Let's talk about Georgia. Let's talk about how Brian Kemp, even when he was running for governor, was the sitting secretary of state and purged so many people from the voting rolls and ends up winning by a margin of 32,000 votes. And then after a historic election that you mentioned, that more Black people turn out in Georgia in 2020, you pass one of the most restrictive voting rights laws in the entire country, not just the South, the entire country. So let's talk about that. That is facts. not true. That is Chris, not true. Chris, fact. Why do that? Why the it, voting? It, no, I think fact, we can agree that the voting laws did make, we did see a major change in voting laws after the most recent election. Why is that? Well, right, well, keep, because the, the mind, voter turnout. As I, as I said in, and I said in the beginning, 
there were major changes in most states when it came to election law because of COVID. Uh, and, and the changes that were made in many states were either to put things back to the way they were or to incorporate some of those changes, some of those expansions that took place. That's why those changes were in fact made. And by the way, uh, uh, voting laws, for example, in the president's state of Delaware are far more restrictive uh, than those in Georgia. How about Colorado, where the where they, the uh, Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game from Georgia to Colorado, once again, a state that has far more restrictive voting laws than, than does Georgia. Wait, wait, wait. You want to talk about Colorado, a state where literally the secretary of state has to protect election officials, where they have to put up bulletproof glass because the rise of conservative extremism is threatening election officials. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, thought we, I thought we were talking about voting our laws. democracy and make I voting, we talking about voting laws easier. Let me, I thought let we were me, talking let me, let about passing laws that were restricted. Well, Craig, I mean, you you brought up Colorado, Craig, so I think it's only fair that but, he. But that my, my my point is, he said these state. He said these are the most restrictive laws in in the entire country. I just named two states. I could go and name more that have far more restrictive laws than does than does the, than is the new law in Georgia. Well, this is what I think, Chris. Is, this is what I think, Chris. You're missing out on, laws. Chris. This is what I think you're missing out on. In the state of Florida, you see more black turnout for Ron DeSantis than he had in the past. So why in the world would Ron DeSantis want to restrict black votes when black voters are the ones putting them in the office? Same thing with Brian Kemp. You know, you have Kemp out in Georgia, and there are black people that are voting. More black males are voting for Republicans. So why would Republicans restrict votes of black individuals if they're turning out more for Republicans than they were in That's the past? That's a great question. We'll answer it when we come back on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. In the Business of Being Black today, are black people being blocked from voting? The John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act would restore the Voting Rights Act in part by requiring states with a history of voter discrimination to receive approval from the Department of Justice before enacting voting changes. So why should black people be for or against this act? Chris? Black people should be for this act because it is the only way that they can be sure that their right to vote is going to stay protected. This country has a history when we leave it up to the states to peel back and roll back the hands of time and restrict more people to be able to fundamentally exercise their American right, that is to vote. Brandon? Well, I think that Black I do not believe that most black people should be acquiescing to these laws that are on a federal level. We need to get the federal government out of states' rights, states' laws, and let the state deal with it. I don't—there's nobody on this panel, and I will challenge anybody on this panel. Name a, an obstruction to you showing up and voting in November. Name one obstruction. We all on here are black. Having a felony. Having a felony. Having, having a felony. Having being 1.85. Do, do anybody on this not, panel not, not have myself a felony? Be, not myself, but being one of the 5.85 million Americans who are not able to vote because they are in states that have uh, restrictions or disenfranchisement. Right. Florida Florida is not one of those states. Florida is not one of those states. Is. One of my one of my good friends, he had a felony on his record. He got it a spawn. He, he got his record clean. He can now vote and own a gun. So there's ways for you to get back your rights to vote and to, to right, own a gun. And many of the that, that goes back to state laws. Each, that goes back to state laws. These are all things that are put on the books by each state individual. But I think so that I think that people know that before they commit a felony. That if you commit a violent crime or a felony, you may lose your right to vote and you may lose your right to a firearm. And I'll say this, everybody that's in prison right now don't have the right to vote. So there's there's consequences for actions. I'm talking about people who are eligible but, to vote, people about, who are out in productive members of society. But what about restorative and restorative justice and rehabilitative justice, right? So how are you denying people? You, you claim that you've rehabilitated them and that they've done which, their time. Which how state are you, are you referring to? Oh, that thought, Brandon, let her finish her, let her complete her thought. Go ahead, London. Okay. Oh, well, I'm talking about 5.85 million for, according to ACLU. That's what I'm talking about in various states. There are states from Iowa. I mean, I could go down if I need to be able to pull up and, and go to through each individual state. I mean, I know I'm from the state of Maryland, and we don't have those those issues in the state of Maryland. Um, but there are states that do prohibit and stop you from being able to vote if you are a felon. And unfortunately, how about we? How about we do this? How about we just? 
not commit crimes. How about we? Hold that thought, Craig. Hold that thought, Craig. Then there's also the the. Hold that thought, Craig. I want London to complete her thought. Okay. Go ahead, London. Okay, so again, and then that goes back to us talking about criminal justice reform and all the systematic barriers that have been put into place by those that have been in power historically, right? And these are the things that they've bestowed upon us and the civilizations that they've created, right? Things that have started way beyond, you know, our, our, before our grandparents. I mean, started with slavery, right? So these things are, um, <clears throat> when we look at, like, how... Um, when we talk about criminal justice and we talk about felons who can't vote, we have to also look at the criminal justice system and how the people that we're putting into office are furthering or further uh, extenuating those circumstances. I, but there's I, no I, such I, thing I, as a black I, felony I, and a white felony. To me, this sounds felony. like an incredibly racist... Because uh, I'm like, okay, well, black people should care because, well, because of felons. So you're acting as if most, if not all, black people are felons. Uh, well, no, black people should care because voter ID. As if black people can't get an a state identification. I, I just, to me, it is the most demeaning and belittling. Uh, I mean, th the truth is, is that none of these laws, as, as has already been stated, prevent anyone from being able to vote. Nobody is treated any differently. And when we talk about what is going on historically, we're talking, we're talking about laws that were in place or things that were being done 70 years ago, for which a law was passed 60 years ago. And as I said before, largely the, the racist Democrats who were in charge of those elections, uh, they're not in charge anymore. So I, I'm, I'm not understanding. I would beg why to say the racist Congress and the racist Senate. We want to talk about history as if we, it was last year or last month. Not we're feeling the effects of it still now. Ago. We're still feeling the effects today. No, we're not. Really I want to get back to the question that Brandon. Excuse me. I want to get uh, back to the question that Brandon talked about. But I do want to. Uh, I do want to respond to Craig real quick and say if we're talking about history and we're talking about who's racist, I think we can say the racist Democrats and Republicans and the racist people in the Senate and the Congress in 1965. Uh, I don't think we can separate the parties from being racist at a certain point uh, in our history. Uh, Chris, Brandon asked the question. voted for the, uh, for, the, for the Voting Rights Act and for the Civil Rights Act of 1964, a higher percentage than Democrats. I... Okay. They, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it must be nice to make so, up the facts as uh, you go. Praise God for that, I guess. I'm not making up facts. You look it up. <laughs> um... I want to I want to touch on Brandon's question though. Brandon mentioned uh, a couple a couple of politicians that were elected by a large group and number of Republicans, and particularly I'm sorry, a, a large group of Black people, and particularly Black men who are voting and leaning more Republican. So, Chris, how do you speak to that? If I mean, why why would Ron DeSantis try to stop Black people from voting if Black people are voting for him? Well, one, let's be honest that, you know, uh, incremental, tiny increase, we're talking about one, two, three percent in some cases. And we're playing on the fact that this is a country that pretty much still upholds the patriarchy. Let's talk about playing to people's fears and how you get them to go more in another direction. Let's just play up the fear. At the end of the day, when we're talking about uh, criminals, because I want to go back to Craig's point, because he made a real strong statement about people being criminals and not making the crime. Let's talk about all the people in the insurrection. Let's talk about the elected officials that went up to the Capitol, committed crimes, and are still elected in office. So you need to be very careful when we're talking about what criminal and acts if they are, convicted are still of allowed felonies, to do. They will lose but they're their still holding their office. Well. These are people that are making I, I, laws due process. That that's, are, a, that's a straw man argument, because if they are convicted, of, if they get convicted of felonies, fact. they should lose their right to vote as well. It's called due process. They have due exactly. process. process. So that they, we know the criminal day in court. justice system doesn't allow for due process, Brandon. Yeah. We Excuse know me? that it preys on black people and brown people. Th right? I disagree. We know, we I know, disagree with you. We know that look, facts. You are entitled to no, your opinion, you, but you are not Brandon, entitled to I, your I, own I facts. I want to go back to, hold on, Craig, I'm going to come back to you. But Brandon, you wanted to talk about Florida, right? And what is Ron DeSantis that's doing, what is he doing that's restrictive? Again, he just arrested 19 people. 15 of them were black. 15 of them have just had their voting rights restored that have been passed as a state law in Florida 
yet you're still trying to arrest them and take away that right. So it must be nice to make whatever fairy tale you want in reality, but the facts are the facts. And everybody so can see that as clear as that. So let's so talk let's about this like fact this. real quick. In 2016, a U.S. appeals court struck down a North Carolina voter ID law that they said targeted African-American voters with almost surgical precision. A second North Carolina voter ID law from 2018 was struck down last year with a court saying it intentionally discriminated against black voters. So were the courts correct in those instances? I would argue we would have to look at the courts because we know that there's some courts that are politicized either one way or the other. But how in the world is it racist for you to have an identification? It, it, I don't understand that. You go and get an identification to drive a car. I mean, you have to have a driver's license. You fly on an airplane. You buy alcohol. You go stay at a hotel to get food stamps, government assistance. You have to have identification. I don't know a black person that don't have identification. So when when they when people say that IDs are restrictive, I think IDs are are, are beneficial to all people in America well, because well, therefore you can ensure that you have to have an address. You have to have an address to get an ID. Firstly, right. Right? If you don't have an address, how can you get an ID? So that's, but that's not, not true. a black. That's not a black thing. But we must admit that there are higher you can levels argue. of poverty. We must admit that there are higher levels of poverty and homelessness amongst black community, right? So we. we how many people? Thing. How many people do not possess an ad, or do not have an address that are t attempting to vote? Give me a number. It's, well, a, it's I don't have an exact number, but but there is no way to prove an exact number. But it's, no, it's but inconsequential. I'll... There's a lot well, of people. Majority of black people have this. IDs. Majority of black people have homes. Majority of black people have the ability to Let's hold that go thought ahead, and Andy. come go right ahead, back uh, so I can keep my home. We're going to go to commercial break. How about that? <laughs> Welcome back to the business of being black. Today, the business of being black is are blacks being blocked from voting? Please welcome the director of the mayor's office, LGBTQ Affairs for Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott, London Deree Shelley Yu, the founder of Uncommon Sense Media Group and a member of Project 21, Craig DeLuce, and the chief, chief political officer for Democracy for America, Chris Scott, and the host of the Officer Tatum show and podcast, Brandon Tatum. Thank you all for being here. Uh, this conversation is a little more heated than I anticipated, but I'm loving every single minute of it, and the facts you're bringing are making me just uh, melt inside. Craig, you wanted to talk about Florida. Yes. So the incident, what, what basically what occurred in Florida was uh, Broward County decided to send out uh, voter registration cards to everybody. And you had 20 people in particular, many were felons, uh, 15, 15 of them, well, they were all felons who received voter registration cards and registered to vote. Uh, that's what occurred. And by the way, they knew that because they were felons, they were not supposed to be voting. Uh, and that's why they, that's why, in fact, they were arrested for basically voter fraud. Uh, they were ineligible to vote. And they decided to vote. There was no change in the law. I have no idea what Chris is talking about, but that is an example of the misinformation or rather disinformation uh, that you're hearing from folks regarding uh, issues like this. Chris, you want to respond? Yeah. So the fact that you don't know of the law that gay felons, once they re-enter society that was passed in Florida to stop that disenfranchisement is appalling, honestly. You want to talk about misinformation. But I want to go back to Brandon's point. Brandon wanted to talk about, uh, you know, having an ID and it not really being restrictive. But you look at the fact that when a Black person makes a mistake, say they go to the wrong precinct, which did happen down in Texas, you wanted to charge that woman with six years to put her in prison. You got a woman in Arizona, a white woman, forged her dead <laughs> grandmother's name, and she gets probation? And we want to talk about this is fair? We know we don't live in a fair society. We know that Black and brown people get penalized way more. And when it comes to voting rights, it has been an intentional obstruction of justice to keep turning back the pot. You want the old Jim Crow... Uh, days because you're losing your power and you feel that as we're building a more representative democracy. It's interesting as we've seen a rise in black candidates, we've also seen a rise in more restrictive voting laws across the country. 
Now, let's talk I, about I, turning back the clock. Let's talk about turning back the clock, Brandon. Should uh, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 still be in effect? I mean, well, there was, I, we can't, uh, let, me, let me start here. We can agree that there was a reason that black people marched on Washington to get the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Can we at least agree on that part? Yeah, I think I think we I think we agree, but I think we're far beyond that at this point. You know, like I said, we are 100 percent that every single person on this panel, everybody that's involved in this have a right to vote. No obstruction to vote. We can all go out and vote. We have no issues. Nobody we can say they don't place, have identification. We sit in a place of privilege. Like, we no, sit in a no, place no, of we, privilege. No, no, no. You're talking about listen, everybody. Listen, you can't if, use listen, that as the example. Listen. Like, most what? most black people most black people are not in poverty. Most black people do not live in the hood. So the majority of black people that live in this country have every right and the ability to vote, and they are turning out and they are voting. So I, I don't you, understand. You, you, what, you what I got. This is the problem. This is the Wait, problem that we see. Twenty-five percent of black voters don't have an ID. Twenty-five percent of black voters don't. That is actually that is not true. Can I it's finish? 13, so it's less than thirteen percent. Can uh, I finish? Can I finish? No, no. Can I finish? So if, even if that's true, if thirteen percent or twenty-five percent of black people don't have an ID, then how about black people get out and help other black people get identification? Because there's no law in place that says you can't get an identification. Oh, now we're victims. If you oh, now want we're one, you can go get one, and in many cases, you can get one for free. You can get an identification. Right. You can go register to so, vote. So the problem let me, is. Let me just speak from being a black. Let me speak from being a black trans Okay. I let you finish. I let us wait a second. It's cultural. It's cultural. We don't raise our young people to to have importance on voting. When I grew up, I'm just giving anecdotal evidence. When I grew up, nobody voted, nobody cared. Now that I'm grown, I understand the importance of voting. My son knows about voting. Everybody I talk to, I encourage them to show up and vote. It is not the white man's fault that black people are not turning out to vote. It is Why our fault. Would you Keep hold that thought, Chris. I want to get London. Hold that thought, Chris. Let's get Wait, London's keep... point across here. Go ahead, London. Okay. So, so we do agree that there is apathy with voting, right? I, I agree with you that people are apathetic about voting, and there are multiple reasons as to why there is. But, but let me just harken back to something. As a black trans woman, right? Um, I, you know, and I sit in a place of privilege, but there are many who don't have access to the documents needed that go ahead and establish you being able to get an ID, right? By getting things like your birth certificate, your social security card. Some people would rather identify as how and their gender identity and how they are rather than what the state says that they are. And again, that goes back to state laws. And when you start to talk about, you know, the antiquated South and how, you know, trans people are forced to get surgeries and do all these things to get identification that matches who they are, that's a problem. And yes, there are 25% of mm. African Americans do not have ID, opposed to 8% of white Americans who have identification. And so, yes, creating restrictions based it's, on ID is a problem. This, and I live in a no, I live in a great, I live in a great state look, of Maryland. Nobody is stopping. Look, the other thing is this: is keep in mind that 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 the, the Voting Rights Act and the law that in fact. Uh, that uh, Democrats are seeking to pass in Congress right now doesn't affect every state. It only affects certain states. And it's interesting that those states happen to be majority Republican states or states that are, are largely controlled by Republicans. It's a political ploy. If you really the wanted it to affect all states, the then you would, you, they, if you really wanted equality, then you would make it affect all states. It's funny. It's funny we, we, that like we I have say, a I historical keep... fact that some states sought to suppress the vote more than others. Some states did not have Chris, the Chris, same number of What state problems. do you live in, Chris? What state do you live in? I live in Virginia right now. Want to talk about Virginia? You I have live in Texas. Can, are you, are you able to Texas? go and vote like the white man? Can you go out and vote like the white man? You can <laughs> vote like a regular person. Let's I'm just saying. Do right. you act like there's different? No, 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 because I want to go back to the point. Again, but if I happen to accidentally go to the wrong polling place, there's not a guarantee that I'm not going to get charged with voter fraud. We just that, talked about that. that. Listen, you, you're making this up. You're making this that's up. Not yes, making it, you, you have to read. You up. have to read We're the letter of the law. So, when you go to a voting place and you vote intentionally to defraud the system, that is a crime. If there's culpable. If there's a culpable mental state. You have to be. It has to be intentional. If you somehow right. go so to a poll, let, let me just explain to you. Let me just explain to you how voting works. In the state of Arizona, you go to the wrong polling place, they will not accept you because your name is not on the voter roll. So if you somehow thwart that process... There is process, something called a provisional ballot. 
Yeah, you yes, realize we have, that, we have right? those in Maryland. You do, yes. you do understand what a provisional ballot is. But no, you, let's go back. No, no, no. Let's go back to your with a provisional ballot. Hold that thought, Brandon. Let me let Chris get, get his point out. Let's go back to the point about that you made about politicizing the courts. The conservatives, the GOP, you want to talk about politicizing the court? Let's look at what's going on with the Supreme Court, the most conservative court in the history of the Supreme Thank Court. Thank God. And it's, what they have it is, done. Thank God. It, 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 so, is, it know, is amazing I, I to me. Should, when, so when, when, when they make a decision that you agree with, well, that's we justice. Live, when they Craig, make a decision that you disagree you. with, it's, not it's your politicized. Turn, it's not your time, Craig. I'm listening, so, Chris. Go ahead. Let's talk about how you're trying to create the handmaid's tale and bring that to real life with the Dobson decision. And if you tried it out, with just repealing oh, oh, a woman's right to choose and the rights to her body, what's next? It's voting rights, which already got brought up with the case in Alabama. You're going after marriage equality now. So don't talk to me about the politicization of the court. Y'all do it better than anybody. It, it's, it's funny. It, well, once again, when we go back, you have a Supreme Court right now that is saying the law is the law. They're not. They're not. Their goal is not. Uh, social change. Their so their goal is what does the Constitution say? Uh, the job of the courts is to interpret the law relating to the con as as it pertains to the Constitution. That is what the Supreme Court is doing. I'm sorry that you don't like it, but that that's what the job of the court is. Unfortunately, and, and fortunately. Uh, they are making decisions that, uh, quite frankly, I believe are best for America. And now, think, uh, that, that's really kind of cross the discussion. Chris, Chris, you, we still Chris, haven't gotten quit. into how, they, once again, how exactly are black people disenfranchised or being kept or blocked from voting? Well, on oh, that note of silence, I don't want to block this time. commercial break. So let's uh, be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today, are blacks being blocked? From voting. Oh, that's a tongue twister. Are blacks being blocked on business of being black? London! Yeah, so I just wanted to, to jump back and, and, and talk about, you know, judicial interpretation for a second. So, you know, different judges are going to interpretate the laws uh, of their state or their country in different ways, right? But what we have at this point right now are we have judges that are trying to legislate from the bench, right? They're trying to create new laws from the bench. They're not interpreting from wow. a, a judicial lens um, they're just, or an equitable lens. They're, oh. they're coming from a conservative lens. Let me, let me, let me jump in there real quick. There's no, there's no legislating. They determine... <laughs> they made a new they, law. Can, can you let me finish? What, what new law? They've determined, they've determined that the Roe v. Wade was not uh, constitutionally protected. Therefore, they leave it up to the states. The like, so they exploited the it the, listen, because it wasn't constitutional. It's left up the to the states. It's left up to the states like it's supposed to. Now, if you don't like abortion or you are pro-abortion in your state, you vote for those individuals. And Chris, let me correct you on one thing. You're making up terminology. There's no such thing in what you're saying is pro-choice or, or women's choice. You mean the right to murder a child. It's not choice. Wow. A woman has wow. a choice. She has a you choice. You want to talk about a, the a right to murder adoption. a child? Y'all, your conservatives what you say? do it the best. <laughs> No, 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 we're not even going to have a choice to have a child. You want to talk about the number one cause of death for black children is abortion more than anything. Come on now. You have more. Come on now. You have more white women that parenthood has succeeded where the abortion is wrong regardless. So let's let's say the abortion for the abortion conversation. Focus on the voting conversation here. Some say that the election of a black president, Barack Obama, was evidence that the Voting Rights Act is no longer necessary. Do we agree with this? Is uh, the appearance of a black president an example of why we no longer need the Voting Rights Act, London? And, you know, I, I let me just say this. So Voters' Rights Act, and, and when we look at the minority, minority majority clause, like when it's creating around gerrymandering, right? That is how we have a black president, right? Because what happens is, is that, you know, when you're starting to shuffle the vote around, right? And you're putting blacks in areas with woke whites, um, you, know, who are, you know, this is not the time. Go ahead. Uh, so gerrymandering oh, 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 doesn't oh, oh, affect something. presidential elections. Excuse oh, me. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, something okay. hurt me from the background. And so, 
he just threw me completely off. But no, so what, he threw me all the way off for a second. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. When you look, when you look at um, uh, minor, minority majority places, right, and then you start to shuffle black folks into those areas, it's really important that we make sure we got to get to talk about gerrymandering, right? Because that's what this this conversation should be about when we talk about the black folk, right? It's about gerrymandering. It's about how we're lining up and districting those black folks, right? And which happens every ten years, right? This is. This starts at the, at the legislative le level. And so at that time, we were at a period in our time in 2008 when we had a when we had a ma majority Democratic state legislators who were able to kind of create the gerrymandering that allowed for a Black president to be in office. So let's um, talk gerrymandering, about... Let's, let's gerrymandering talk about, does not affect... Hold that affect... thought, Greg. Hold that thought. Let's talk about gerrymandering here for a yes. minute, because <laughs> according to the New York Times, Black elected officials across the country are actually being drawn out of their districts because of gerrymandering, uh, gerrymandering um, causing Black voters to have uh, decreased political power. I mean, there was just this big brouhaha in Los Angeles uh, with the city council uh, over some of the city council members on record, on tape, considering gerrymandering uh, the districts so that they could have more political power. Well, so let's it, be clear, actually, and I can it use California as an happen, example. Uh, I can use California as an example. First of all, uh, Democrats have been in control of the redistricting process in California forever. And what they have largely done is, because the, because the black vote tends to be a largely loyal vote to the Democratic Party, uh, they do have a tendency to divide up the black community uh, so that they can fortify districts uh, that might where, where a Republican might otherwise fair, get fair elected. Man. So so yes, they do have a fair history. Man. They do have a history of doing that. But gerrymandering does not affect presidential elections because that is done at a statewide basis. Uh, and the number of elect and they you, you in other words, whoever wins the popular vote in that state, uh, then those electoral votes go to go to uh, uh, go for that particular candidate. Gerrymandering has absolutely no impact on presidential elections. Y'all literally, okay, you so, literally so. have the conservative party right now uh, with your election deniers and your insurrectionists uh, wanting to challenge Oops. even the electors. Abrams is an election denier. Is she a they, conservative? John Lewis was, a was an election denier. Is he is he a conservative? Are you kidding? Me? Hillary Clinton. Are you yeah. kidding? Hillary Clinton is, a, was an, is an election. Denier. Are you kidding me? No, I'm let, not. Let, let, let's no, not I'm tell not. this. I'm not even. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Go ahead. Excuse me, Greg. Let me. Let's yield to Chris and and let me let him complete his thought. Let's talk about election deniers. Donald Trump is an election denier. When you can hop on the phone as the sitting president. You call up the Secretary of State of Georgia and you say, I want 11,000 and so votes to give me the exact number plus one that I need to win that state. Let's talk about election. But Chris, that doesn't help your perspective here because that never happened and it didn't that sway. That did happen. Uh, it, well, what I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting what... You, I'm not suggesting what Donald Trump said didn't happen. What I'm saying didn't happen was they didn't find the votes. They didn't so, follow his, his, you know, his request. It, yeah, it, it's the fact that they didn't follow the request. But since that request, you have seen a rise in candidates that want to challenge the legitimacy of the 2020 election. Why not? want to eventually that's been on record, that want to hold yeah. the electors captive and be able to challenge Did, through the state. But by, by the way, that, if we it. don't feel like that, we like the results of this election, <laughs> That do, we I, do I need to pull up the YouTube video of all the Democrats who did the exact the same thing with the 2016 election or right. the exact same thing with the 2000 election or the exact same thing with the 2004 election? The it's fact amazing. is, that I mean, he's every election cycle. Election the election listen, too. the Democrats, the Democrats did an investigation into Trump for three years of a Russia collusion in the election. They denied that Donald Trump fairly won election in 2016. So let's get let's get out of the way with this crap. It's all political to say these are election deniers. There is no there is no nothing whatsoever that makes sense that citizens of this country cannot challenge you the know government the definition and of say, an hey, we have denier? questions. Do you know the definition of what an ele election denier is? Just, no. Give me the no. definition. Well, let sir. me, um, Chris, hold that okay. thought. Let me, let me, let me ask Brandon and uh, Craig this question. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely a difference in the transition of power between Barack Obama and Donald Trump, 
and Donald Trump and Joe Biden. So what does that speak to when it comes to uh, well, I, denying the election? Part of it was, and keep in mind, in the transition of power from uh, uh, to Donald Trump, uh, part of that transition of power was an, was an, a politically motivated investigation of Donald Trump that lasted his entire presidency. So while Don, while uh, Barack Obama publicly was very civil, uh, his administration and those those within his administration uh, they did seek to do many many things to undermine his presidency. Uh, Donald Trump, while much less tactful. Uh, uh, attempted to do uh, some of the same things. I, I, once again, I, I think we have a problem when we start talking about denying elections, whether it's Republicans doing it or Democrats doing it, because the peaceful transition of power uh, is the is the, the the hallmark of our system. But, but do you do you of, do you do you believe that still Do you believe that, Craig? Do you believe that? Do you believe in the? We also have to have the ability. But Craig, do you believe in the peaceful transition of power? Do you believe in the peaceful transition of power? Oh, I most definitely believe in the peaceful transition of power. But I also believe that we and we know this. We know that there for people who say there were no problems with the 2020 election, they are just being dishonest. In fact, during the if you listen to any of the January 6th committee hearings, what they said was there was not sufficient enough fraud to overturn or change the results of the election. Now, when you say that, that means you're not saying there weren't mistakes. You're not saying there wasn't fraud. You're saying there wasn't enough to overturn the election. Okay, well then let's start, let's take a look at what were those instances? What were those problems? And how about we put things in place to address those? And that's what these 19 states are in fact trying to do is put things in place that will not that will make sure that those fraud and mistakes don't happen again. Yeah, Let's go to a quick back, commercial break back, here, back, and we will back. return. And Chris, you can respond when we come back on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. According to a study conducted by multiple universities, including UCLA, voters in predominantly black neighborhoods face significantly longer wait times than voters in predominantly white neighborhoods. Uh, what do we attribute to this disparity, Chris? Well, I think oftentimes when you look at voters in predominantly black neighborhoods, they have more problems with the voting sites uh, in those precincts. You're talking about machines that magically just won't turn on. I remember my first ever election uh, working for Barack Obama's reelection campaign in 2012 in Cincinnati, Ohio. It got seven o'clock. The polls were open. Nine of the 10 machines in a predominantly black neighborhood just magically were not working. It took an hour to get those online. So what happened to a lot of those voters who had to go to work, a lot of them ended up stepping away because they didn't have the time to wait. London? I want to piggyback and agree with Chris. Um, and I've, I've volunteered and worked um, as <clears throat> at an election site. And issues would happen where, you know, you would have electoral judges that were supposed to come and work um, at the sites, but they decided it was a priority to do another something else where they were making more money instead of being there. So at that time, there may not have been a chief um, election judge that was actually working on the site to kind of open up the space and start the process. And then the, the polls would actually open up later um, because, you know, something would happen. Um, a person was, you know, unable to be the election judge, uh, the, the head judge that day. Craig? How do what do we attribute this to? I, I think if you look to at who is running these elections, most often the election officials are well, they're Democrats. I hate to say it, but uh, you, for some reason, this we want to blame Republicans. This is what I would like to know from black, you, Craig. How can we? Uh, this is what I would like to know in all sincerity, because um, Democrats, Republicans, how can we stop the divide? Like how? Because. They both have their share of wrongdoings. I mean, the way you come off is that Republicans do everything right and Democrats do everything wrong. But honestly, they both have their faults and flaws, both parties. So is there I, some type I, of way? I do not disagree. I do not disagree with you. But the challenge we have is we vote. We tend to vote 90 to 95 percent Democrat. And our, our, the communities in which we tend to live tend to be run from top to bottom by Democrats. And we still this the same issues, high crime poverty, low income, uh, job opportunities, access to capital continue to persist. My only point is, is that if you keep doing the same, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing or electing the same people uh, and then expecting it to turn out differently. 
Yeah, Frank, I don't we, I don't really equate those issues necessarily to Republicans or Democrats, but the lack of apathy in voting when it comes to local issues and local uh, local well, you, elections. You, you ask you ask why there are problems. Yeah. And like I said, I when I look at these, when you look at in, in in Republican counties where the elections are run by Republicans, you don't tend to have these issues. Majority white you counties, know, too. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that. is, majority is, white counties. We're making the issue around black voting, making it a bipartisan issue, and it shouldn't be a bipartisan issue. Vote, a citizen should have the right to vote regardless of what their party is, regardless of how you I vote. Agree. Or like, you I have agree. The right to vote. Yeah, so, but we keep, so, like, we keep like going back to this being a, a, a you know black or you know automatically Democrat or you know it's a black issue or Repub you know or a Democrat issue, and that's not the case. To, so what can London. we do? I do want to talk about this black issue because um deal with the business of being black mainly. But <laughs> what can we do to get more black people involved politically in terms of voting and in terms of the Republican Party? I mean, uh, Brandon and Craig, you spoke about how, uh, you know, 90 percent of black people uh, are doing the same thing that their mother and grandmother and great great grandmother did, and that's vote Democrat. So how can we move the needle then, Brandon? Well, I think that people like myself, people like Craig and others who are giving black people a different presentation and saying, look, you don't have to be a Democrat. There's another party that offer things and solutions that will be more beneficial for your community. And I think it, we have to do introspection. We can't sit here and always talk about the white man and white people and all this other stuff. There's a lot of things that we can do in our own communities. We need to get our own people out to vote. We need to help some people that we know to register to vote in these inner city communities. We need to champion that we need to go out and vote, that voting is important, all of these things. I went to an event my stepmama had, and she's an AKA. They put on this event. Nobody showed up. Black people did not show up to this uh, this event that's, that's helping out in, in many other areas, but one thing was voting. We, we got to do our duty to start changing our culture and making it more important and understanding that we, we have leverage if we don't just vote for one side. We need to consider both parties and challenge them both to represent our community well. If we don't yeah, do Chris, that, we're what happens? What, what happens, Chris, if, if all of these Black people who are voting Democrat, <laughs> what happens if they all vote Republican one year. What happens? Well, I think you would see a seismic uh, uh, shift because you would probably see Republicans roll back some of these restrictions that they have put out there. And so I think that's the root of the problem. If we're talking about, you know, it's not a black or white issue. We just want Americans to be able to vote. Then what is the problem in expanding vote by mail? What is the problem in allowing uh, weekend access earlier for early voting. What is the problem of making uh, Election Day a federal holiday so anybody can go vote? We're talking about the United States of America. What is the problem the with making uh, an Election Day a federal holiday? Are you, are you against that, Brandon? No, I think that's a great idea to make it a fair. Everybody should have that day off so they can actually go out and vote. But the mail-in and some of those other avenues of voting can, can cause a lot of fraud to happen. So I think that it is right. invaluable for us to maintain integral, um, you know, voting process. But also, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm for expanding things like having it to be a, a federal holiday so people can have that day off to make sure they have enough time that they can show up and they can vote. Craig, you in agreement with a federal holiday here? Oh, I'm I'm definitely in agreement with it. What what I think we ought to do is make sure that if we're going to do this, once again, the law that's being proposed right now, as well as the 1964 uh, Voting Rights Act, it only affects certain states. So. If you're going to put restrictions on voting, if you're going to make voting one, if you're going to limit states' ability to be able to make decisions about their elections, then it needs to affect all states, not just certain states that happen to be run by Republicans. Craig, please tell us about the projects that you've got coming up so we can stay stay tuned to you. Yes. Uh, well, I, I host a daily program uh, from, uh, well, 2 o'clock Pacific, uh, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern called The Rundown, 2A News and Conservative Views. We're also going to be launching a new program called The New Underground Railroad, talking about issues of the day, uh, largely from a non-traditional uh, a non-traditional African-American perspective, basically, well, conservative perspective. Yeah, and I love your show because I love hearing different aspects 
because we, we can't really come to conclusions until we have all of the facts and all of the sides. And I think some of us come to conclusions a little too soon. If uh, I might say, your show is such a rarity, and I appreciate the fact that you do have people from differing perspectives on. Uh, I think this is the sort of dialogue uh, that we need to see more of, uh, not just here, but, but in general. Thank you so much, Craig. Brandon, come on, talk to me. The Officer Tatum Show and Podcast. Yes, Officer Tatum Show Podcast from 3 to 6 uh, p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can get it if you go to theofficertatum.com. You can click on it, watch it. It's syndicated all across the world. Um, also, Blexit, a nonprofit organization. Candace Owens and I started Blexit, and we're in 43 states helping out in the inner city communities, giving back, doing uh, back-to-school drives. I mean, we even have an after-school program that we're starting. So if you're interested in helping us out in that area, um, go to Blexit.com. London, the Baltimore mayor's office. I have the honor of working under the Honorable uh, Mayor Brandon Scott, and my office is, I'm the first to sit in my role. I'm the first trans woman to sit in a cabinet-level position in a mayoral office. Uh, I am the first in my position chartered uh, through our city ordinance. Uh, Baltimore, you know, this is why it's important to vote in local elections and why I'm big. I got to get to Chris. I got to oh. get to Chris. Uh, Democracy for hey. America, Chris. Democracy for America has been around for 18 years. We're one of the oldest organizations in the progressive movement. Right now, we're really focusing on just making sure that we turn people out to vote in this critical midterm election. So I encourage you to go to democracyforamerica.com and find out how you can get involved. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Brandon. And uh, London, congratulations on all of that historic, that history you've made, girl. Thank you. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.